tell you you could leave it playing in the background i remember a couple weeks ago i told you my neighbors were setting off piccolo peach yes okay so now that was one neighbor over the wall like if you stand on my patio you could see two houses you could see the house directly on the left and then there's a house on the right so the house on the left was the one doing the piccolo peach the other day but yesterday <laughs> i don't know what was going on yesterday but i took the dogs out to the back of the pool area and all i can smell is the very 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 strong smell of pot yeah and this song now this song was playing on a loop for about an hour like as soon as it was over it would start again and then there'd be smell more pot and then as soon as it was over it would start again and then you smell i don't know what was going on do you know these neighbors in any I way, shape, or form? I don't know them in any way, shape, or form. I couldn't see anybody from the patio in their backyard, but it was playing very loudly. Somebody had to have had a fight with their uh, with their dad. There or was something. a little bit of occasional laughing, but it was literally playing on a loop for more than an hour. More than an hour. More than an hour. That's Ooh. what it's like. Look, everybody likes this song once or twice. Yeah, but couple it with pot. And uh, an hour's worth of playing very loudly. You know what? They, here's <laughs> I the don't thing. Know what was going on? I think the next movement after the recreational uh, marijuana movement. So we have medi- you go medicinal, and then you go recreational, like we did here in California. The next movement has to be. You know how they have defibrillators everywhere? Yes. We need to have uh, marijuana, either in an edible form <laughs> and in case of an emergency, like next to the fire extinguisher, so that. When you have a neighbor who is playing Harry Chapin at an excessive volume, oh my God. and you can smell the, uh, the the waft of weed, that you can, like, bare minimum, you can make a decision, go, well, at least I'm going to experience what they're experiencing. Right. And maybe if, I, maybe if I was smoking pot, I'd understand why they had to play it on a loop for an hour. <laughs> then, yeah. Or an hour! It would be great that you could be independently laughing and not even know why, because you're just on some kind of cosmic, you know, weed dimension know. with them, and, and there's a... There's a spiritual bonding experience that happens. I posted it to Facebook when I when this was happening yesterday, and people were like, "Well, you should go over and see what's going on. Is your neighbor okay? Maybe they're dead." I'm like, "No, they're not what? dead. dead they're occasionally laughing. Maybe maybe they, he just lost his dad, and maybe that's true. Oh. I don't know. But they were laughing a little bit at some point. So, <laughs> like, it was an hour." And that's a sad oh, song to begin with. It is. I don't understand why you'd want to get high to this song oh. unless you were sad and this was the way of... Anyway, uh, I just had to tell I you cried that. so many times on the road listening to that song. <laughs> I was I was a grown-ass man and well into fatherhood before. I learned. I knew the song and liked it. Right. But, but never, you're thinking, your son, my sons are going to be listening to this song and yeah, I'm on the road and yeah. I'm not home and... Yeah, because until then, I didn't know what it meant. Like, uh, somebody told a joke about it. I was like, oh, I just thought it was, oh, it's that fun classic rock song kind of thing. But, no, yeah. it's not. There's a lot more to it than that. Uh, I want to I know about your uh, your new gig, uh, oh, Michelle. Yeah, Cube. so I have this new job. I was promoted at KFI to executive producer of KFI. Congratulations. Thank you. And before that, I was executive producer of Handle Show. And that was because at one time at the, on the show, we had two or three producers mm-hmm. plus me. So well, somebody had to be the decision maker, and yeah. so that's why I was executive producer. 
And um, so recently I was uh, promoted, and now I don't have to get up at one forty-five. Anymore. What? Yes, isn't that crazy? Do you how how long have you been not getting up at one forty-five? Just a couple weeks. Okay, like, and how long did it take you before your eyes would pop open? Oh, they at still six, open. Still at one forty-five. Yeah. Here's the thing. So I work this job. I've been producing Handle Show on KFI for twenty-four years almost. He's been on the air twenty-five in Morning Drive. I've worked with him for twenty-four. Either in in one in some capacity, either as an intern, as a screener, as an associate producer, as a producer, as executive producer. So I've been working with him for that long. So I've been getting up at one forty five for two decades for two more than two decades. Wow. So it's it's been except for on my vacations yeah. when my eyes would still open at one forty five no matter where I was. Um, so what we did was over the course of a couple of weeks, I was transitioning Alex, who was the associate producer, into the role of producer. Uh, for handle. And so over the course of a couple of weeks, I would first I was coming in my normal time, but letting her produce the show, just kind of walking her through everything. And then the next week I would come in instead of coming in, being at work at three, I would come in at four and let her, you know, feel, let her feel the pressure a little bit of putting it together, you know, without me there. Then I came in at five and now I'm coming in about six thirty. So she's fully transitioned over into producing the show. You know, I've, still go over we have meetings every day and i'm still working with her to kind of you know fine tune her in producing but now i'm coming in at 6:30 or quarter to 7 sometimes so i'm getting up you know the first first time i was getting up when i started coming in at like at 6 i was getting up at like 4:45 which is a huge world yeah. of difference 3 hours it's, in the middle of, yeah. it makes a huge getting up at 1:45 in the morning is getting up in the middle of the night yeah. Okay. And it feels weird because I would go to bed at eight thirty every day, you know, but eight or eight thirty. So I wasn't getting a lot of sleep. So now I'm still going to bed. Like I'm going to bed about nine o'clock, but I'm getting up at four forty five, maybe sometimes five o'clock. Do you feel like it's you have weird. puppy energy now? Is it kind yeah. of like, Tim, what do you want to do? What do you want to do today? Tim? It's weird <laughs> because he still gets up early. He yeah. still gets up a little earlier than me, but I go back to sleep when he, you know, when he gets a phone, but the, I still open you at one forty-three. Like, have fun at work. <laughs> no, I haven't done that. But my eyes still open every day at one forty-three, right before my alarm would go off. So I would be like, "Oh, the alarm! Oh, it's not going to no. go off right now." So I go back to sleep. Um, I can tell you this: the dogs don't like the change, mm. so they're being assholes right now. So they don't like it at all. They they're looking at me like I'm weird, and I sh- I'm there when I shouldn't be. Like they got shit to do. And they can't do it until I'm gone. Um, and that, for me, it's been it's been crazy. The energy is different. The energy is weird. It feels odd getting up different. But here's what I've noticed: there's a whole lot more assholes on the road oh, at yeah. six fifteen than there are at three o'clock in the morning when I used to drive in. Yeah. When I used to drive in in the morning at three, I would maybe pass four or five cars. There'd be the occasional drunk that I'd have to call nine one one and just say, "Hey, by the way, they're on the one thirty four west <laughs> right past the 210 there's a drunk guy who's you know going across three lanes um there's the occasional racers who'd be racing the freeway so they'd fly past me at more than 110 miles an hour wow in the morning um the sleepy uh semi driver you know so you'd have those semi drivers that just well, kind of drift go, 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 a little yeah. bit yeah and they'd be fine <laughs> And then occasionally, it's only only happened to me twice over the course of a couple of years, although I heard on the radio um, on my way into work sometimes of other situations where you'd have the wrong weight driver. 
which is really scary. Yeah, both you and Handel talked about this. I'd never yeah. seen this. It happened to me once. I saw somebody once. I was in like the lane next to the fast lane, and there was somebody driving the wrong way in the slow lane. You know, going. I don't know how far they got, but hopefully, you know, they didn't hurt anybody. But every once in a while on my uh, drive in, I would hear through the traffic, you know, be careful. There's a wrong, wrong way driver on the 134 or on the 5 or whatever. You just have to be really careful. Now, there's a lot of assholes. So when you leave at 6.15 or even when I was leaving at 4 o'clock, you know, to go to work, mm-hmm. there's a lot more people on yeah. the road. And then so at 6 o'clock, you know, uh, I, if I found the sweet spot. If I leave by 6.15 or 6.20, I still get to work in 20 minutes. If I leave past that, it takes more than a half an hour wow. to get to work. So by 6.15 or 6.20, if I'm out of the house, I'm at work at 6.40. Los Angeles, everybody. Get yeah, in it. Exactly. Um, and then the sweet spot in the afternoon is if I leave by 2.50, then I'm, it takes me about a half hour to get home versus, you know, if I leave at 3 o'clock, it takes 45 minutes. or just It's amazing the difference five or ten minutes will do. But, yeah, in the morning, there's a lot more assholes on the road. There's a lot more impatient people. <laughs> I'm just floored at the amount of traffic there is. Are you are you just uh, are you jaw on the ground constantly, or is it? Have you experienced more no, road rage? Are you a bird flipper? Do you roll down the window and give them what for? No, it's more of a just shaking my head and 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 calling them an asshole. I don't need to give them the bird or anything. I, you know, it just it just they just they know they're assholes already. Do you talk to cars in the car? Yes, you do a lot of like asshole. Yeah. Or is it under your breath? No, I I say it out loud. You go. Just so you're like asshole. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah, no, I, like so I that. do that. I like the borderline insane person, and in, uh, when you're in your commute, that yeah, you, like I don't, you, I try not to get super angry because I don't think there's nothing it's bad for your chi. It's bad for you yeah. in general. So, but I like to let it out. Yeah, I don't that's like how to you let, let it, it. Yeah, you know, let it. And then I'm I always curious work. about how people handle that. I, yeah. I love my wife. Oh boy, she she will string a word, a curse words, <laughs> uh, like a string of them together. Oh well, man. And used to get super super mad and then my husband made a good point he said you know he goes the way i think about it is you never know what that person is going through maybe they're rushing to the hospital yeah. maybe somebody's and i thought oh yeah now you make me feel bad even though most of the people are probably just dicks and they're just being assholes yeah have you but, ever experienced road rage in your time here in la yes yes what happened times like you, you personally or you saw somebody was i personally you. have experienced it once when somebody kept cutting me off and literally would try to like break in front of me because well, they thought what, I, I would, cut them off, even though I used my signal and got over. Slowly. I would qualify road rage as in you have seen red, as uh, Caesar Milan would say, and you've gotten out of your car or no. done like thrown something. No, I've not. I've not gone. That There's far. difference between just being like, "Oh, you son of a bitch!" No, I followed somebody once. Okay, and then that's I close. thought that's probably not that's a like good a idea. Diet road rage. Yeah, that's probably not a good idea. So I didn't ever do it again after that. Uh, but never anything that serious i had a guy when i first moved to la natalie and i were headed back north to visit my parents we hadn't had kids yet because that would have changed things i think dramatically if one of my sons or both of them were in the car with us and uh we're driving up on 170 and this guy i i didn't see him and i i was trying to get into the carpool lane because there's traffic and i and i kind of cut in front of him and i did the wave like sorry yeah and that wasn't enough for him yeah and so he uh, he came, he pulled up next to me. He was like, but I couldn't hear him. Right. And you're like. <laughs> and, I, and I just did like uh, that. And then he flipped me off and I laughed because I, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> okay. Like, I, I don't know what you want me you to do. You got me. <laughs> and then this guy proceeded to throw his Carl's Jr. lunch at me. <laughs> like, first I was just driving and he was there. 
And Natalie's like, he's very angry. And we, I go, just keep looking ahead. Just let him let him get it out of his system. It'll be fine. And then he threw his fries at the car. And I laughed harder. I go, what are you like? Now you don't have fries, you idiot. And then he hucked his Coke at the car. Okay. And then he start, and then he like jumped in front of us and like slammed on his brakes. And so I just, I slammed, like I hit the brakes because I was, you know, I was fine. And I just, I, he just, he was like a child throwing a temper tantrum, right. ironically in a bright yellow Hummer. Like it was just really weird. So then uh, we called the cops and then, uh, and then they, they told us on the phone, they said, get off the freeway. And so I started to get off the freeway and, and I said, I go, I go, but here's the thing. I don't want to get off the freeway. And if this guy starts following me, now I'm at a stoplight. Right. Now it's very different. And she goes, she goes, you're right. Which I was like, <laughs> so I, she goes, if you start to get off the freeway and he follows you, just stay on the freeway and we'll send somebody out. Uh-huh. So I pulled, I signaled for the exit and we started to get off. And then he came right in behind me. And I saw that at the end of the off ramp was a red light. So I just got back on the freeway <laughs> and, uh, and I think he kept going or something. Cause he eventually he left right. and then it was fine before authorities but had to pull him over. He left without fries and without yes. Coke. I hope I was I I was hoping that I unintentionally sent him to another Carl's Jr. because he threw the bag and everything. He didn't have his burger. He had nothing. I don't get it. And it was people. brand new. Like it was a full thing of fries he hucked because I saw it packed, hit my windshield, and then scatter. That's so dumb. Isn't it? Sorry, it's so stupid. Like I you know, I, I understand getting mad and yeah, you get mad, but come on, just yeah. it's so ridiculous. Line up everybody, who cares? Yeah, just, oh my god. But yeah, it's so yeah, so the job is it's interesting. It's it's really new. It's so I'm doing a lot of new stuff where now I'm working with all the shows, which I which is something I've wanted to do for a long time. You know, help them out either booking guests or doing stuff on the website or planning events for them. Um, so it's a lot of fun, but it's it's really weird because the first day because I'm used to getting up in the morning, my entire day is packed. I'd have to find 35 stories for handle on the news and handle the news late edition. I had to find 12 things to fill for a segment. And in this day and age, it's different because back when I first started producing, you could pre-produce the show days in advance. Yeah. But news moves at such a fast pace now, you really kind of have to wait until the night before the day of the show to really produce a show that day. I mean, you can have things that you want to do, but they're usually going to get tossed out if something bigger comes along. So I was, you know, got 12 segments a day, plus handle all the news and handle all the news late edition, plus whatever else handle needed me to do. And then starting right after the show, you start to work on the next day's show. So the very first day <laughs> that I didn't have to do that, I sat there and I went, what do I do? <laughs> what do I do? And so now it's it's basically creating this job of telling, you know, working with people and finding out what they need. And, and I did a bunch of interviews last week because we're bringing in some part-time producers that we're looking for. So I had to do about 15 interviews. So I did that. And it's, so it's a different experience. It's a very, very different experience. I have a lot more time to get a lot of the other stuff done that I was doing for the station, like our public file and the FCC required stuff. So I'm doing all of that. And now I'm like, okay, now I'm settling into like a routine of things that I know I have to do every day. Well, it's a great, I think it's a great, not only a great position for you, but I think it's a great move to, as far as managing the station, because I know I was late to the the show with radio, but I've heard tale that there was a time where you had a job, like right. that was your job, and then now in radio you have a Five job, jobs. but you handle four other people's jobs as well because exactly. those people aren't here. Yeah, and so this provides you to like this gives you the ability to be a a, a supporting floater, right. maybe not in the daily operations of each of the shows, 
but you could kind of be there as like a go-to or, you know, to help mm-hmm. them out or, uh, you know, and get resources help, for them. Help the shows cross-promote each other yeah. to help promote things that are happening on Conway's show that we might not have known about before for Handle. Right. Or even working with the weekend shows. Like the fir- one of the first things that I did after I kind of settled in after a week is I'm starting to meet with all the producers, you know, and finding out what do they need? What what do, what are they? Especially weekend producers. Sometimes they feel left out. They feel left out of the loop. They don't. And get, oftentimes they're new. Yeah, and they don't get a lot of attention sometimes because there's so much focus on what's going on during the week. But that's where your bench is supposed to be. That's yeah. where you want people. You want to train people so that when a full-time host leaves or a full-time host is on vacation for a significant period of time, you can pull those people in. Yep. So that's what I'm going to be doing. So I think it's a, it's going to be a lot of fun. Good for you. I'm a... And if I don't like it, then I'll just go work at Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> it's always there. Always. BevMo, because Bevmo, they oh. do free samples. I would do BevMo. Yeah. They let all the employees sample all the new stuff, I think. This, I don't know what you just did to my brain, but I sat there. When, I don't know why. All you do is say BevMo. And... <gasps> yeah. Did you know they have cigars? I did not. Oh, yes, yeah. I did. I yes. guess I did know that. That's where I, and they have I those mean, little I, tiny bottles, like you have one yes, here, little gentleman jack. Yes. Yeah, little tiny bottles. I think that might have been something you got me. Yeah, probably. I, uh, it's funny because you you somehow subconsciously start the gift trend for me. So one, <laughs> one year you got me a bunch of airplane bottles uh, of booze and uh, some cigars. And then subsequently after that, I got multiple gifts that involved <laughs> multiple options of bourbon and scotch. And, 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 a, and a smarter person would rethink their life choices. If, you know what I mean? Like, if you're getting, like, I would consider you and I to be good friends. Right. Uh, and so you know me pretty well. But when you have, like, ancillary level friends that are borderline acquaintances and they're buying you airplane bottles of booze because they're like, and they're genre specific. Yeah. Where it's not, I don't know exactly what, I don't know that you're a Woodford guy, but I know you like this stuff to put on ice. I know you'll probably And here's like the, it. like, bourbon is your thing. Like, I'm gonna, how much time do I spend talking about bourbon that people know to buy me bourbon? <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> I got to tell you about an app uh, oh, yes. that I bet Tim would like. It's called Distiller. This is just like I'm doing a spot for them. I'm going to write it down. Uh, but it, what they do is they do reviews on all kinds of booze. And it's a, and uh, you'll get like little emails from them, and it's it's really cool, and it lets you create a wish list. So Ooh. you could you could uh, pick up, uh, you could even do a search for any kind of booze that's in there, and it'll show you the past reviews or how they kind of describe it. They do like a wine label for each mm-hmm. bottle of scotch, bourbon, tequila, uh, anything, mezcal, and you could say oh, and you little heart it, and then it adds it to your wish list. So the next time you go to Bevmo, you go, hey, do you have this? Do you have this? And you can Ooh, pick up your I yeah, like that. yeah, it's good stuff. I love it. What are we talking about when we come back? Uh, we're talking about strip clubs oh. because uh, a while ago, I can't remember how we got onto this topic, but I talked about uh, strip clubs and um, oh, this was when you were floored because I said I used to go to strip. clubs. That's right. With my and uh, then you boyfriend. said you said you had all well, and you, you had like theories. You have and I imagine you like. Michelle. I have a theory why women shouldn't worry about guys who go to strip clubs at all. All right. Uh, I'll tell you about it when we when we come back. All right, let's do that when we come back. This came up when we when we talked about it before. Mm-hmm. I am not a fan of the of the strip club. I, yes, you it, did say that. It, to to piggyback onto also the previous topic of me 
losing more and more masculinity as life goes on. I'm, I'm enjoying essential oils. Oh, I, yes. And by the way, thank you for my little essential oils diffuser. You're welcome. I love you're it. Welcome. Uh, it's funny. I've had too many. I've, I've had, it again, an unhealthy amount of conversations about diffuse uh, essential oils. Uh, Neil Saavedra of the Fork Report fame came in the other day to record a commercial into my studio. And uh, he's like, it smells like sandalwood. Yeah. It, well, he's, he actually sent me a, an article, which I, oh, I should have I printed it. But basically, research has shown that if you uh, use the lavender essential oils as a man, you uh, we'll run the, you will grow boobs. Yes. And uh, so, and he, I don't use lavender. I have at night because my wife likes it in the oil diffuser I have at home. I've got multiple. I don't want to brag. And so, so anyway, uh, point is, uh, he came in and he, we did the sweet orange. I don't know if yes. you've ever done that. And sweet he goes, oranges. he goes, I am in love yeah. with this. And just two men alone in a room <laughs> talking about essential oil. Had a delightful oils. conversation about the nice, soothing smell of a sweet orange essential oil and how it just makes you smile, makes you happy inside. And I, I was thinking about this too today is that the people listening can't see this, but I'm, I'm attempting to not really grow a full beard. My wife likes stubble. <laughs> right. And I, and I had this laugh in the shower the other day after shaving. I was like, cause I remembered our conversation. I go, what if this is my subconscious trying to grab manliness back? <laughs> and I it wonder if it be. makes you less manly though, when you manicure, like I feel no. like, it's not okay. No, good, you're good. It's good, like because I feel like if I I can't just go full gristle. No, because you know? yeah, nobody wants that. Then I just look like a mountain man. That <laughs> there's a fine line between metrosexual and uh, vagabond. I feel. Now I will tell you if your life if your wife likes the uh, lavender essential oils, yeah. there's a blend by DoTerra, which is an essential oil company. Mm-hmm. You get it on Amazon. A blend called Serenity. Which is a blend of That's lavender. That's the one that you smell couple- all the time. Mm-hmm. This is what started my That's essential like, yeah. oil journey was Michelle when she was having a rough day at work in the morning. <laughs> she would put it on her hands and she'd rub it and she'd whiff it like a like a paint huffer and she'd go, "Serenity now." Yeah, because it would it's it's a very soothing and relaxing. All right, I'll get some serenity and like peppermint. If you like peppermint, it'll, it'll give you energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have lemon. Like I like lemon because I like the smell of lemons. But that orange. Uh, the orange oh. one that you have is a really good one. Yeah, I just bought like a, I went to the, like the most popular seven or whatever. So we, went, we went from girls, girls, girls. <laughs> yeah, to to right back on the train. So you were talking about strip clubs. Yeah, and I don't like, I was going to say to add more to my feminine nature is that I genuinely believe I would have more fun and be more excited. And this is an eventuality. We have to make this happen about going to see Magic Mike live. Yes. Than I would about going to see a bunch of naked boobs bouncing around. <laughs> and here's why. It's not because I find men more attractive, but because when a guy is doing it, I feel like I can enjoy the showmanship of it. Right. right? When a girl is doing it, all I think about is her handsy stepdad. And that's the only reason here. <laughs> and I know that that's not I'm not I'm supposed to be empowering women and that there are, I'm sure that there is at least eight percent of strippers out there who do it because it makes them feel dominant and right. all that stuff. But there, are, there is there is a large group of women who are stripping because of their situation, right? Whether they really need the money and that's the only way they can make money really fast, or that they had a, a difficult childhood, or they didn't have a dad in the house. I'm believe me, I've met a lot of them over the years. But but there are also person is that you are now. There are also those women who do it solely because they just they know they can make a lot of money really quick. They you know it's it's it they didn't have you know a childhood, a a bad childhood or anything. They knew they were only gonna do it for a couple of years and make a bunch of money. 
Um, but That's I think what it's I need. small. I need, you know how like Curves is a gym for women? Yes. I need a strip club for well-adjusted strippers. <laughs> then I could go and have a good then time. you could go and have a good time. Like, I, 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 this, this seems to be exploitive to me. Like, I just don't like the idea of staring at boobs. I think most of them probably are yeah. exploitive. And I don't know if I stole this story, but I've only got a couple of strip club experiences. Well, One, and this is what I was going to ask you. Yeah. When you were on the road a lot and away from home, did you ever go to a strip club? I went to one in San Antonio because it was like right across the street from the comedy club mm-hmm. and by the street in San Antonio, it's like a freeway loop. Right. So it was on the same street as the hotel too. And I went because Finesse Mitchell from Saturday Night Live uh, fame, he, I was opening for him and we, uh, we got stoned in his hotel room because he was like, let's do something. He liked to go to clubs and I didn't really like to go to clubs. Right. And it's a great story too, by the way, we're just, uh, this club called, I think it was plush or push or something like that. And he said, can we go? And I was like, yeah. And this was at a time in my stand-up where I was just wearing like a baseball t-shirt and cargo pants. So mm-hmm. I go, everybody else is like all clubbed out. And I right. look like dad who's crashing the party. <laughs> like I look like I was chaperoning the club. And we walk in and the DJ announces finesse is in the house. Right. And so people are like, oh, all right. And, and it's so weird because I'm in San Antonio, Texas. I see people in their 20s that have like bottles of gray goose <laughs> and they're pouring it down another 22 year old girl in a very tight dress's neck. Like she's a bird eating food, like from the mama bird. It was very uncomfortable for him. I was like, what is going on? This world is so weird. What? And so we so then there's a point where this this fight breaks out. Like this guy comes up and punch a guy up on the DJ stand. The guy jumps off the DJ stand and, and finesse out of nowhere, just puts his hand on my shoulder. Cause I was like, what the hell? And he goes, you just stay right there. And while he's doing this, he's got a vodka cranberry in his hand <laughs> and a chick is grinding her ass on his crotch, like j- pushing him back. So he's jostling. He goes, just stay right there. Dude is cool. Like, oh my God. <laughs> but anyway, so he wanted to go out this one night and he said, I said, let's just smoke. Cause there was the, the car smelled like weed. I said, let's just like smoke some of the, go back, get some weed from whoever he's like, and he just hang out. And he goes, I got weed. And so I was like, okay. So I go smoke at a joint and a half with him and I get like obliterated because it had been eight years since I'd had any weed. It was, right. I was in, it was high school when I'd had it and it was in Northern California. But this is a guy who used to be on Saturday Night Live who now lives in Miami because he's divorced and grows his own pot and he's black. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a trifecta. Uh, so anyway, so I'm stoned and he, we, he wants to go back to the strip club. And so but I didn't get a lap dance. I lost right. him there. The closest I had was a girl who I think was a stripper came up next to me. She'd given a guy a lap dance. She was in a bathing suit. Mm -hmm. She walks by and then she grabs a cocktail waitress who was asking me if I wanted a drink and she kind of shakes her boobs. She goes, doesn't she have nice tits? I was like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was so stoned. (laughs) I just, I just, I don't know. I don't like it. And then the other time my, I went to, when I was 21, we went to Tahoe and my sister-in-law made me go to a burlesque show Mm -hmm. and we had to go to the 10 o'clock topless one. And I, I was so uncomfortable. I had a hat, like a baseball hat. And I just put it down so all I could see was the girl's ankles. I was so red and so embarrassed. Oh! And then the only other time after that was Mons Venus in Florida, which is evidently like a really good strip club. This, right. This guy who was a Marine and been all over the world, when we found out we were going to Tampa, he's like, we have to go to Mons Venus. It's the best strip club in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's like a UFO like themed uh, strip club. The girls were very pretty, but I just the three I'm, boobs. No, I wish there would be. Then I would be like, well, that was his theme. I could get on board. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I would, and even if they were dressed as aliens, for some reason that would have made me feel more comfortable. Yeah. I'd be, oh, it's dinner and a show. All right, exactly. like, 
But uh, so the, and the guys made me sit up on the stage, and I was so uncomfortable. Like they had singles, I did not come prepared. Mm-hmm. So like they were they were doing the thing where you drag the dollar bill in between the cleavage, and the girl grabs the money with her boobs, right. and I was just like, oh, it skeeved me out. I was using the length, the full length of a five dollar <laughs> bill. Like thank you, no, thank you, thank you very take much. Take it, go ahead, just thank take you. it. Thank I you don't very need much. To put it anywhere. Yeah, I was, and I, I so it's just not my scene. Is my point? It's well, I think it's. Here's the thing. I've been to a couple, you know, strip clubs over the years. I've been with ex-boyfriends. I've been with, my, you know, my current husband. We I went to a strip club two or three times with him. I gave him money, you know, like, I, here's some singles. Go have fun. And I have a theory about strip clubs, and, and it could just be, listen, I'm not the most attractive woman in the world. I'm, you know, my husband thinks I'm attractive. That's all I really care about. Every woman feels that way. No, but honestly, I mean, you, you know, you, there are girls that are very pretty and then there are girls who are just, you know, they're there. They're just, you know, that, I'm one of those, <laughs> no. I'm one of those girls. All right, move on. This is not okay. No, but, it, but it, it's, it's true. Like, you know, you know, there are very pretty girls whose whole being is about being pretty and about being liked and adored by men. I'm not ah, one of I those girls. Yes, I'm not I one of those. I don't okay. care. Yeah. I get what you're saying now. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I have a theory about, you know, women who are really uncomfortable with their guys going to strip clubs. And, and here's the thing. When, when you go to a strip club, there's two kinds of guys that go to strip clubs, I think. There might be more, but I've just noticed two. There's the guys who would just sit there and, and don't, it doesn't, they don't really care. You know, they're just, they could appreciate a woman's body and they could have a drink and they can kind of shoot the shit with their friends and just hang out. Some people, they just see it as a place to hang out and nothing more than that. Just stay away from the buffet. <laughs> and then there are guys that go with the expression tension of trying to get one of these women to yes. be their girlfriends. And I had a, a, a guy friend when I was dating a previous boyfriend. One of our friends is a guy named Ronnie. If he's listening, I'm really sorry. But he he had a really, really good job. But every weekend he would dump seven, eight hundred dollars at the strip club because this one girl Liked him, quote unquote. Oh. And I, we kept telling him, dude, she doesn't like you. Like, she's not. She's, she likes Alexander Hamilton. She knows that she's trying to make you like her because you're, you're giving her all of your money. And he just he just refused to believe. He thought someday they were going to get married. They were going to run off together. And he spent months, years, almost a year and a half, every weekend going to the strip club and basically blowing eight $900 a week. On this girl who just kept taking his money, just kept taking his money, just kept taking. And then one day he goes to the strip club and she's not there anymore because she moved on to Vegas. <laughs> oh, she's sorry. But, she was the highest earner. And he's and he's thinking to himself, well, what happened? He tried to contact her. She changed her phone number. He's, I thought she really liked me. No, she never liked that. No. That's their job while they're there is to try to get the most money out of you as possible. I, I saw the so the guys I went to Mons Venus with, there were two guys because we were on a tour show. I was the tour manager, so it was on a bus and everything. And two of the guys were buying lap dances with the express intention of trying to get a stripper back on the tour bus to right. bang them. Right. And, and I'm sure there are some that will. Right. Well, they got more math teachers. than the guy. <laughs> Right. But the guy who was the Marine... Uh, this is my favorite part of the story is two things is that there was a, there was a girl who was on a pole. We were right next to the stage and she turned and grabbed the pole and it was, the pole was like right next to the edge of the stage and she kind of presents her butt and just kind of shakes mm-hmm. her thighs. So her ass cheeks are just kind of jiggling in the air right. and it's about six to eight inches from his face <laughs> and he's staring into both of her holes. Really? Yep. And he's just like, and he put, puts his, he clutches his heart and it with all sincerity he goes, Oh, you're breaking my heart. Oh. 
<laughs> he was in That's love. Funny. And so anyway, I, they were getting lap dances, but he was just hanging out. And I said, how come you're not getting a lap dance? And he said, it's like Sizzler. You got to walk the whole buffet before you decide what you put on your plate. <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay. And then, no joke, five minutes after that, this girl just randomly walks up to him and goes, would you like a dance? And he goes, okay. And he walks over <laughs> there. Now, everybody in, the, in this strip club looked like the the uh, the nerdy, kind of almost creepy guy, but funny guy from Office Space. Like, oh, you took my, my right. stapler, uh-huh. like that guy. Everybody looked like that guy. And, and I thought you had to sit on your hands. That's what you see in the movies. But right. they're like, they're all, they're no, grabbing they boobs. They're, they're groping these women. Right. Uh, and if you, they just had a bench row seats where you would do the, the laugh dances. And so, but my buddy was on the end of it. So you'd see all these guys just being creepy, sleazy. Right. And then my buddy is dancing like he's in a nightclub with a buck naked 24 year old blonde. <laughs> and he's, he's spinning her around and she's laughing. At one point he grabs her by the hips from behind and kind of like mimes like he's humping right, her. Right. And she's like getting like hit going, <laughs> and she's just having a hysterical time. And, but he's dancing like they've been hanging out forever. Right. The lap dances. So the song ends. He pulls out his wallet. She goes, no, no, no. It's fine. That one's free. Just you and your friend stay. Because she was having fun. Like, because right. I guess it just wasn't, he wasn't being a creep, right. I guess. So she leaves and she goes, he's like, she's like, Cinnamon. I don't know if it's a real name. That's a cheap. But Cinnamon, you got to give him a lap dance. This guy is so much fun. <laughs> and he goes right back in. Does it again. He's, and they're dancing like they're in a club and having See? a good time. Only she's buck naked. And both of those girls asked him where he was going after they closed. <laughs> and and these other guys were so angry because they dropped, I think, 300 bucks right, that and night. and nobody asked them. And they were like, let's get out of here. This place sucks. Yeah. And they didn't know this was happening. And this guy, because he's a real, real guy, was like, even though he probably knew he could bag these strippers, he was like, all right, let's get out of here. Like, whatever. <laughs> and then and I'd seen all this happen. And, and I was like, dude, that was so wild. You got two free lap dances. They were like, you got two free lap dances? <laughs> like, yeah. And he goes, yeah, they were asking where we were going. I said, well, why didn't you give him your number? Or something? he's like, I don't know. I'm hanging with the guys. Like- yeah. See, there are those. Type of- and that's what I think. I think that, you know, there are guys who go there expressly to try to find somebody to go home with or to, to have a girl. And then there are guys who go and they don't really care. And that's why I think that women, if you have a good man, you don't have to worry about your guy at a strip club. You really don't. Because, t- you know, Tim used to go to strip clubs without me, you know, but I, when I went with him. It, it, it didn't bother me. It didn't. I appreciated the girls. I I gave the, you know threw my dollars out to the girls too. But I I feel like if you're confident enough in your relationship, you don't have to worry about it. Like there's there's girls who will try to prey on your man, but if you don't have to worry about right. your man, then you don't need to worry about anything. So why? So how do how do I get to that headspace if I'm a chick though? Like how do I get to a headspace where I feel confident? Because I think what it is say. is a chicken and an egg. Is that what you're kind of implying? Is that if I'm not okay with my husband, this is such a great thing for me to say out loud. Mm-hmm. If I'm not okay for my husband to go to a strip club, then it implies that I'm not secure in our relationship. Yes, I think I think that's absolutely true. Even I think if I should or shouldn't be. Here's here's the problem: is is that you can't. It's all up to you as a woman to be confident in yourself and to be confident in your relationship. There's not much you can do to change it. Like you know, it, it, when. When your guy says, hey, I'm going to go to the strip club with the guys, it never bothered me. It never it didn't occur to me to be upset about it because I was secure. I don't care. Like I I am not one of the, I am not a woman who is threatened by other women. I you don't think care that's if, you, the if they get a lap dance either. I don't care if they get a lap dance either. It's their job. That's what they do. They're, yeah, they're know, at their I, job. That was Natalie's only rule. And I and I think it's because and I'm not a, I, I never experienced this because that was her rule. So I was like, whatever. 
uh, is that I guess that the idea is that they grind on you until you essentially uh, go, if right. you would, is the is the idea. And yeah. I think that maybe I can understand why if you're if you're fine with your husband going to a strip club and you just say, hey, I just don't want you to get a laugh. Right. That's different. I don't think that means that you're insecure in your relationship. I think that's very. Yeah, she doesn't care if I look at naked women, yeah. whatever, whatever medium. Right. She just doesn't want me touching them. I think right. is the other and, part. I think or it, them touching it me. It comes down to, you know, uh, women being threatened by other women. Hmm. That's what it comes down to. And so I've never been threatened by other women. If somebody were, if, if I had a boyfriend who ended up being, uh, you know, falling in love with a stripper, then okay, bye. Yeah, it exactly. just really didn't bother Not me. Not really the man you want to hang on to Not or work for, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's anyway. a good point by you. And as proof, I mean, you know, we, like I said, Tim has been to a couple of strip clubs since we met him. We did a remote at a strip club once to try to help a stripper who was on a track team and got kicked off because the coach found out she was a stripper. Um, <laughs> was that with the Tim and Neil show? Yeah, with what? the Tim and Neil show. <laughs> That's fun. Um, and oh, I wish I was around during that <laughs> it time. Was, it was awesome, and yeah. So it, it just doesn't. It just doesn't bother me. It's never bothered me because I think the guys that go to strip clubs are either just going because they're bored, they're hanging out with their friends, or they're going because they're really stupid because they think yeah. this girl's going to fall in love with them, and she's not. No. The strippers that are there are either just trying to make some money, and they don't care who you are. They just want to make some money or I'm sure that there's a certain percentage that is looking for a big sugar daddy to be able to get into a relationship with so they can get a bunch of stuff. And you know what I mean? I don't think they're looking for true love. I don't think women who are in strip clubs are looking for true love. No. And I think it's uh, it's also a thing where you you I think it works both ways for guys and girls is that you you want to be desired. I think right. that's the other part of it. Like I could I could imagine. I don't know why I would uh, I don't think it would bother me. Here's the thing. I was, I'll say this honestly. It would not bother me if Natalie went to go see Magic Mike live because I feel like there's a show, but I once did a stand up in a place called Jokers and it's also a male strip club after the comedy. So there's a female strip club upstairs and, <laughs> and then in the male. basement on uh, after the comedy they have guy strippers come out. And I feel like if you're in the middle of, uh, you know, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, going to a strip club and you're my wife, that's different than going to see Magic Mike live. Right. It's very There's different. a level of showmanship, I There's, feel like. Yeah, in fact, the Magic Mike live show is, is, yes, they strip down. Right. But it's not like a Chippendales. It's not like. A typical, but ironically, there's repeat. probably more sexuality in the yes. Magic Mike Live show Absolutely. than there is. I just feel like there's going to be a lot of mime face humping and Milwaukee, <laughs> right? And uh, not and so not so much. One would assume Mike. if I was worried about her being threatened by her being attracted to another guy, mm-hmm. that I would not be okay with Magic Mike because he's going to that show is built knowing how to push buttons in the right way, right? As opposed to. The one in Milwaukee, I think, is more for this is what guys think women want right. when we're and going they to a strip club. In fact, that's how Magic Mike right. Live starts. Right. It it starts with a very typical male strip club show, and then all of a sudden, it's like, no, this is not what women want. This right. is not what turns us on. And then the whole show gets turned on on its head. And it it is a very sensual show, but it is also a very fun show, and you you appreciate. The talent of these men. We got to find a time to go. We, we have, have to. Find we have to find him to go. Uh, well, uh, I don't know if Tim will come. I know Natalie will come. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he'll go to the <laughs> show. Will he go if I'm there? I don't know. I'll have to ask him. I don't know if he would. How many bottles of airplane uh, booze? Do I have to get? <laughs> Maybe a lot. <laughs> Maybe twenty. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, I don't have an issue with the 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 strip club. That's thing. good. I, yeah, I think you're right. Would it bother you if he was going by himself? 
No. Not really? Not really. Yeah, I don't... It's, He's never expressed a desire to go by himself. See, and that's what I think is kind of the real irony of it is, is that I think women who find men like you did, like if you're a, if you're, if you feel the way you do, mm-hmm. you're naturally, like you said, if a guy is honestly going to fall in love with a stripper, that's not a guy you want around anyway. Exactly. You just solved my own problem for me. I don't need to burn calories, waste yeah, time on you. Exactly. So then what ends up happening is you find a guy like Tim who doesn't really want to do that. Maybe, yeah, sure, he'll go hang out with the guys and he gets to go with the secure comfort of knowing that he's not going to have to go home and pay right. some kind of penance to you or anything and like that. And explain himself. And I think to a certain extent, uh, and I don't know if you would agree with this, but there was a guy who used to give back rubs to Natalie mm-hmm. at, the, at the place where she worked because she was a dancer and he was an EMT and all this stuff. And it was mostly so he could get hands on the single dancers, but he would also massage my wife because he, and she wasn't my wife at the time, but anyway, he would massage her because then he didn't look like a ski who was only massaging right. the single ones, right? <laughs> And so we go by there. My buddy was like, uh, doesn't that bother you that she that he's like rubbing her all down? And I said, not at all. And he goes, why? I go, because he warms her up and I take her home and fuck her silly. <laughs> See, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. And so I'm sure that there's a certain aspect to it. I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I'm giving too much of a male brain to a female brain, but that like he could go and then he comes home. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. All right. Yeah, that was, it makes sense. Doesn't it? fun. I like I like I like any any cube theories I'm on board with. <laughs> hey, make sure to to find us uh, the podcast, the Sideshow Podcast on iTunes. Yep. And on iHeart, iHeart app. yeah, iHeart app. So just get there. We have more than thirty episodes. And when you do it, there's a little three little circles when you find the show, and you can click follow. And then whenever an episode gets posted, you'll get an alert on your phone, so you know it's there, and you can go yeah. tune in and listen. Okay? Alrighty. Uh, all of our social media handles are in the description of this episode. I'm at iPodcast Justin on Twitter. You have uh, Prod Michelle mm-hmm. or uh, Michelle. And I always mess up the letters. Give me uh, Princess's Instagram again. PJC. PGK. PGK the Chief. The Chief. Yeah. On Instagram. Sort of. We'll I see you guys say. next time.